Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. My name is Kevin, AC Padres beat writer. My boss, Jay Posner, is here. We're both uh, in San Diego, first homestand. We were going to do uh, our usual podcast yesterday, and, and it, uh, we, our producer, we had some uh, computer issues. We thought, all right, cool, we'll just uh, do it before the second game. Little did we know it would be uh, something of a newsy emergency podcast uh, today, Jay. And Jay, for those who aren't watching and we're listening later when we get this up, Explain what is happening there with uh, the shirt behind you. It's, it's a solemn day, Kevin. It's a solemn day. You know, um, it really does feel like that. It does. I, I, it's one of those things where I know I worked late last night. You worked probably several hours beyond beyond that. Up early, too early this morning. And it's like kind of looked at the paper and like, yeah, I guess that really did happen last night. I had to get out my wife's T-shirt. Um <sighs> Put it on a hanger, you know, uh, like the like the players do in the dugout when a guy is when a guy yeah. is missing. So he's so uh, here's he's, the deal. He's, he's over my he's over my shoulder there. I I even put on even put on black today, and you know, it just kind of felt like one of those kind of days. It it also happens to be a Liverpool shirt, but we won't get into it. What's going on with that today? So here's here's the deal, Jay. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. took a swing last night in the third inning on a strikeout, and he crumpled to the ground. He had a shoulder subluxation. It's a fancy word for dislocation. What is happening now is uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. will go undergo an MRI today. They're going to be checking to see the severity of what is almost certainly. I talked to a couple doctors, uh, including one for a story that is uh, up on the website right now. Uh, a labral tear. The labrum is the cartilage that holds the shoulder together. The shoulder is a, uh, you know, it's got a pretty big range of motion and it uh, it, it moves for all of us. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr.'s moves too much. Uh, it comes out. What he's probably facing is arthroscopic surgery in the end of his season. If he doesn't do that, because he's not playing football, right? All those years covering mm-hmm. the NFL, you do this, <laughs> man. You're, you know, you're, you're going down. You can't be uh, running into guys. Well, Fernando Tatis Jr. could play on but it would be a constant concern. We are now talking about it having happened for the second time in two weeks on non-contact plays for a player who plays with contact. I mean, he is practically a football player on on the baseball (laughs) field. And so, you know, this is is fairly troubling. Uh, And, you know, you were talking about there, you know, it feeling a little solemn. You and I aren't Padres fans per se we are fans of good baseball and a very good baseball player probably just had his 2021 season ended yeah I mean I I I am a sports fan and have been for you know as as long as I can remember and and one of the great things about being a sports fan is watching great players in action and here you know we're lucky enough to have this guy the potential face of baseball for the next decade or so be in in our city uh you know, and, and whether professionally or not, just personally, to be able to watch the Padres play all their games and to be able to watch him in person on TV is something to really look forward to. And so from that standpoint, it's very disheartening to see. And, and you know, I, I would I would feel that way about, you know, if it happened to a guy like Mike Trout or, or Mookie Betts or, or any great player. Yeah. It's obviously a little bit more when it's someone who's in your city who you get to watch uh you get to watch every game and and of course it, it's you know cast a, a, a i don't want to say a pall but certainly a, a shadow uh at least over this season with you know these great expectations that people have and it doesn't mean that the season's over by any means but if tatis is lost for the season and you know the story that you that you wrote that i just edited a few minutes before we went on and it talked about this doctor 
who happens to be with the Curl and Job Institute in LA and I, uh, is a team doctor for the Dodgers, is a guy who said there's potential long-term damage. And that was one of the things I was wondering today. If he could keep doing this and, you know, okay, he misses a week here, a week there, but it's, you know, it's not going to cause any long-term damage. Maybe it's worth having him out there. But if he's going to potentially do long-term damage to that shoulder, it's just not worth it. He's too young. He's got too big of a future in front of him. Yes, this is a big season. It's one season. He's under contract for 14 <laughs> seasons. They need to do what's right for him, and he needs to do what's right for him at this point. And, and these injuries are always about Tatis, his family, his agent, and the team. And, and right. I think in this case, everyone's going to be in concert about what is best for Fernando Tatis Jr. First of all, you know, the face of the franchise and a 22-year-old in the first year of a 14-year contract. So, I mean, this is a no-brainer once you get the MRI back and you discover, uh, you know, the severity and all that. And it certainly seems. Look, uh, Dr. Chow, who, you know, we worked with uh, extensively, the former Chargers team doctor, he nailed this as he usually does last night. And then uh, Dr. Michael Banfi from this uh, Job, uh, Curlin Job Clinic. Uh, the things that they both said line up and it, it just, you know, these guys know what they're talking about. When you're a team doctor, it's different than guys that operate on you and I, Jay. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they know what it takes to play. And, and as I was talking to Dr. Banfi this morning, when you talk to a doctor like this, you don't talk specifically about Fernando Tatis Jr. He's sure. not treating him, but he's talking in general. But we both know who Fernando Tatis Jr. is as we're talking. <laughs> and it's virtually impossible that he wouldn't go through a season doing a hard tag and someone running into him, uh, throwing himself into the ground. And like right. I said, the last two times he's had to leave a game was reaching across his body and swinging. Those are just everyday occurrences um you you a lot to unpack in what you said jay and i do think we're going to need to play this forward because the team's going to need to play you know play this forward but if it weren't an issue of long-term damage where it could wreck the what i think the capsule or the rotator cuff it could be you know now you're talking about see this surgery has a six month it's season ending if it happens um and it's a six month recovery and basically everything i hear is that's it you move on right right not so much with rotator cuff surgery. The, yeah. the the likelihood for success for a more severe surgery, the more severe the surgery or the injury, the more invasive the surgery, and the less the likelihood that you're going to have no complications in the future. So, uh, like I said, if it turns out that they determine that they, it's significant, this is something of a no-brainer for them. But like you said, if that weren't the case – the dude hit a 465-foot home run <laughs> the other night. I mean, you, you know, if he could keep playing and then have to sit out every three days, I think you'd take that, okay? Right. But, but that's not the case, most likely. Yeah, I mean, if so. right. If this shows what everybody seems to think it's going to show, I, I just don't think it's worth the risk of doing that. But you're right. I mean, that, that, ball, went, that ball went so far on Sunday that – where I was sitting, I, I literally could not see it land from my seats, which were, were pushed down the left field line for the first homestand. It was like, wow, that, that's still going. And I couldn't even tell how far it went. And I, I never did hear if that was the longest home run ever at Petco. Second? Uh, it, well, you know, at Petco, see, I started to answer your question before you uh, asked it. I... Don't know that answer. It was the second longest of Tatis's career. I'm I thinking think of the... I'm thinking of a Fran Mill Reyes homer. Yeah, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, and I didn't get a chance to to look it up. Ah. But if it wasn't the longest, it's probably in the top two. 
And yeah, uh, but were... yeah, you're right. I mean, he's able to do something like that when he's obviously has this injury. But but if there's any risk of long term damage, I, I just don't see how you can take that risk at this point. So we'll you know we'll know more later, and we'll and hopefully and obviously have to ask questions later as well. One one of the ones that that I have the primary question I have is what did they know about this injury a year ago? You know, we we found out after it happened the first time, Jay Stingler said, oh, he's been dealing with this for, you know, what is his career, basically. What did they know last year? Was this something, was it ever explored at the end of last season to do the surgery then, you know, when he had six months between, or five months or so between seasons? So that's, that's one of the questions I know you'll be asking. And, and, and there are many more as well. I mean, last night I, I watched that, that interview with Jace Tingler, and it was kind of like he, you knew the writers were asking questions, the media members were asking questions that you knew you weren't going to get a great answer for, but you got to ask him anyway. And Tingler kind of handled himself as best he could, saying, Look, we're, yeah, he was in a lot of pain, but I, I can't say for sure that he's going to need this or that. We'll just have to see. But hopefully, we'll know a little bit more today, even by the time some, of pe- some people are listening to this. So, what I guess where we should go with this, because you don't want to spend the whole show just yeah. talking about the one thing, but what happens now? You know, Hassan Kim is a shortstop. Jake Cronenworth's played shortstop. Jorge Mateo's played shortstop. Uh, I think Marcano's, Marcano. even, Marcano's played some shortstop. How do you see this? What's your best speculation for how they work this? Night to night. Like, I think, I think of these next two pitchers who throw some gas, all right? And mm-hmm. Hassan Kim has not learned yet and may never learn. We don't know, but how to hit velocity. And that's just a, a, you know, (laughs) that's something you got to deal with. That's just a reality. So, but wait, Tucapita Marcano has like five plate appearances in the major leagues. Um, uh, Jorge Mateo's not terribly far behind him, uh, or or I should say ahead of him him. in terms of experience. So you put Cronenworth over at short, but what do you, you know, Mateo at second? Um, anything you do, obviously, is not Fernando Tatis Jr., but this is what the Padres are faced with. And I have to say this. This is the worst case scenario, obviously, your most dynamic player, but this is what you built your depth for. So mm-hmm. this is where Will Myers and Tommy Pham and, and Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer and basically somebody that we're not even really thinking about is going to have to step up. Uh, so it's not just at shortstop. It's holy smokes, like last night, you know, Kim came up twice, I believe in situations where Tatis would have come up Mm -hmm. in a one-run game. You know, at some point, the guy who's playing for Tatis is going to have to get one of those hits that Tatis got. Or other people. I mean, I think the last two, they've been one for seven with runners in scoring position for two straight games. They've left 22 men on base, I believe it is, over those two games, including 12 last night. I mean, Victor Caratini is like, you know, (laughs) drove in the two runs last night and nobody else could come up with anything with with a runner on base. I I did think, I mean, it's hard to fault Tommy Pham at the end. I mean, he really hit that ball hard at the end of the game, but they can still score runs without Tatis, uh, but guys are going to have to play better than they did the last two nights. But again, you don't want to overreact to two to two nights over the long term this is this is a very big thing to lose a very good player like that but as you said they do have depth who is the best defensive shortstop out of those four guys we mentioned would that be kim i would love to say kim and i do believe it is kim because it saw parts of it in spring training but then there have been times where the game has seemed to and i hesitate to use this word because he's a really good player but the game has seemed to 
overwhelm him or be a little fast for him at this level. And I'm, I'm sure that that will calm down. I mean, I don't know more than what the Padres saw over this course of time in the KBO to have this guy you know invest $28 million in him. Right. But at this present moment, which is what we're talking about, the game has seemed a little fast for Hassan Kim. So he's the best defender. He, he really does have great hands. He plays very quickly. So Bobby Dickerson will continue to, you know, work with Hassan Kim and that's where you go. I, it'll be interesting. You know, one of the reasons, obviously the, the Manny shift, right? That, mm-hmm. that is because of Manny, of course, but also you leave Fernando Tatis over there by himself. Is yep. that, how, how are you going to alter how you play defense? It's just, it's less of a margin of error when you take away a good player. It's certainly even further less of a margin for error in every facet when you take away a great player. Right. I'm not even sure. I mean, we saw Mateo make a great catch in left field the other night. I mean, is is his he best position. Up. Right. Is his best position at shortstop, second base? Um, I think it's become out. second base, my understanding. But, Jay, okay. that's exactly it. We, as people who cover the Padres and watch the Just Padres, yeah. haven't seen him play infield because there isn't really a spot for him. We've seen him play here and there. But we've seen him – I mean, his improvement in the outfield tells me what a great athlete he is. I mean, right. a month ago, right. you're like – Jorge Mateo, geez, man, better be hitting. He better have a thousand OPS because he can't play the outfield. Well, he has become a heck of a defender out there because he's a good athlete. So I would. And they be don't surprised. really. And starting this weekend, assume I mean they're supposed to get Trent Grisham back um, yes. starting Friday in Texas. So at that point, you really don't need him in the outfield because you've got four, you know you've got one too many outfielders as it is because Profar, Fam, and Myers and Grisham, uh, as it stands already. I mean, I guess. You know, you could always go, you could try Profar back at second base, another, you know, Cronenworth at short, Profar at second, another possibility if they wanted to go there. I don't know how much work Profar did in the infield uh, in spring training. You know, there's obviously he's had some issues there. I don't know if that's something that uh, they want to mess with, but there's a lot of, a lot of options here for them to weigh. And I'm sure there were some sleepless nights for Jace Tingler and AJ Preller and a whole lot of other people with the Padres. And, you know, I'm sure they've been running through all sorts of options already for what they're going to do. And what they're going to do. And it won't just be one thing either. I mean, they're not just going to roll Tatis out there 140 or 150 games, which is what we had hoped for. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. Unless, I mean, you know, you could always say, well, we're going to give Kim the shot at shortstop, leave Cronenworth at second. And maybe Kim, you know, given everyday activity and getting used to the game, he, he shows why they spent $28 million on him. So to me, that that's kind of like the first alternative that makes the most sense. But It's what Jason Tingler said last night, that right. it, it would be Kim first. And I think that that is a great point. Bo- well, both things you said there. Based on how players are playing, uh, also, they're going to mix and match. Sure. Um, but the idea of, well, we invested in this guy. We believe in this guy, which I think they legitimately do. Let's see what Hassan Kim does three, four, five, six games uh, at, at shortstop. And then we'll go from there. But also, I really am intrigued by the idea of uh, Jorge Mateo, and especially with Grisham coming back. Now, if you want to look at a silver lining, the Padres uh, are three and two, and they don't have two of their regulars. So, uh, or, or three now. Well, I'm sorry. They they didn't have two of their regulars as they began the season three and one. (laughs) And Tatis wasn't really hitting. Uh, Machado wasn't for a couple games. And so, look, uh, as we're we're looking for small sample size uh, silver linings, you're going to get Trent Grisham back almost certainly 
for the start of the road trip, and maybe shortly after that, maybe in Pittsburgh, you get Austin Nolan. Right, right. So, so let's in the in the time we have remaining, as as they like to say, let's talk pitching from what we've seen one one trip through the rotation. Nobody made it through the fifth inning except, except- for Joe. Except for Joe Musgrove, who was fantastic. Of course, the mm. one game I saw the, the least amount of, because there mm. was another game going on at that time that I was a little bit interested in. But Musgrove, from what I saw, looked great. I think he went sixth, and nobody else has made it through the fifth. I don't I don't think there's anything worth reading into that at this point. I mean, Darvish, and if Snell pitched well, you know, Darvish was good until the last inning, although he didn't have his command. I thought Paddock was fine. I was out there Sunday. Not a lot of hard contact against him. A little bit of a bad break with the with the triple down the line that wasn't really hit that hard. But still, I mean, he did give up a couple runs, but that and one unearned run. I thought he was fine. He needs obviously better command. And Morahone last night was kind of the same way. He looked good, but a couple mistakes, a couple runs, and you know they just need. I, I still think guys are going to work, build themselves up. And uh, we'll see what happens the second, third time through for both for all of them. Absolutely, I think you just summed it up there. Uh, I think it is it. It's important that Paddock came out of it feeling like he, uh, and they came out of it feeling like he pitched uh, well because you know Chris Paddock's got command issues and he's got uh, a tiny bit of a creeping confidence issue. So, mm-hmm. so that you know it was a decent start. Adrian Morahone gave up two solo homers. You know, if the Padres uh, had scored five runs, he's still in the game in the fifth inning. He completes five innings and. For a guy who'd never thrown more than 46 pitches and uh, gone three innings in the major leagues, uh, first three innings, man, he gave up a solo home run in there too. But uh, uh, first three innings, I thought this is about as good as they think Morian Morahone. I mean, he's on the way to being as good as they think he's going to be. I mean, they right. believe that Morahone, you know, we talk about Mackenzie Gore and all that. They believe Morahone is right there. Maybe not, mm-hmm. you know. Gore, where they think he's going to be, but Morahone is uh, is quite a pitcher. Uh, Darvish will start the second uh, time through tonight. We'll see. Um, it was interesting that he uh, said that, you know, he kind of got messed up in that final spring training start and, and carried it over into the beginning uh, of the, the first uh, outing. Through a lot of strikes, the Diamondbacks did a great job waiting on him. I'll be very interested to see what the Giants do tonight. Uh, but I would say that, you're, like you said, there's not a whole lot to read in. I thought Blake Snell was, was uh, you know, fantastic. Just got the pit, the pitch count got up. You know what? The Diamondbacks, they might not be a great team, but they got a lot of veteran hitters on there. And they made those guys throw a lot of – we talked about how much the Padres made the Diamondbacks th- uh, pitchers throw. The Diamondbacks pitchers did the same thing to the Padres starters. So, right. You know, going to get some uh, probably Austin Adams uh, back on this road trip, maybe Pierce Johnson shortly after that. So they'll have some decisions to make in the bullpen. Craig Stammen gave up a solo homer. He was the loser last night. Uh, again, three solo homers. You don't get beat by those very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, one for seven each of the past two games with guys in scoring position. Got to score more than one run uh, in, in a game. They're, you know, I think the pitching uh, has been okay. I still say, well, scratch that. Uh, before last night in the third inning, uh, the pitching, <laughs> f- filling the innings on the pitching side was a big concern. And it's, it right. remains a big concern for the Padres. So not quite the biggest anymore <laughs> yeah. where, where I know you were, uh, where I know you were headed with that. But, uh, <laughs> well, I know that, uh, I mean, we could, we could break down each of the, uh, each of the games from days ago and, and Jace Tingler decisions and, and wins and losses and all that. We but, got time for that. But, there's time all year for that. There's a couple of games coming up. 
And of course, the big news today, which everyone can follow the website, follow you on Twitter, and find out more about Fernando Tatis and, and what eventually gets decided. And then we will talk to you on Friday from the great state of Texas, I believe. Yeah. I guess yeah, you don't well, even have to pack a mask or anything from what I've, from well, what I've seen. Pennsylvania after that, and uh, not to get too political, but I hope they're you know, I hope they're wearing masks in Pennsylvania. I have to check. I'm just worried about getting through Texas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I know you're only one shot down, so got to got to got to keep it together. Keep it keep you around for a little bit longer till uh, till get that second shot. So yeah. um, right, anyway, we well, want to thank everyone for uh, for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you on on Friday. Thanks, everybody.